0: Welcome to the Your Company Health Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Wright, founder and CEO of the Wright Consult Digital Marketing Agency and also the creator of the Patient Bus Program. The goal of this podcast is to highlight healthcare professionals, their journey, and how they're making the world a better place. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Your Company Health Podcast. My name is Andre Wright. I'm your host, and today we have Mr. Anthony Harley. He's from Patient Advisor, LLC. He has been in the healthcare industry for a while, very experienced with clinical trials. Welcome, Anthony. How are you?
1: Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. And I know my audience is going to, you know, I learn a lot from you and what you and your company are doing out there. So to get things going, I want you to tell us your story and how you get started in healthcare.
1: Yeah. So it was years ago that I was working at a company in clinical trials. So what we were doing as a company is that we were serving big pharma, biotech companies, and we were very much involved with helping them get their their products through the clinical trials that, that they wanted to complete in order to get their medications their treatments to market. And so that's really the beginning of where I started to be more and more involved in healthcare. So I got to see so many projects, so many protocols, and I just didn't want to leave healthcare. I wanted to continue in healthcare. And so it was only a few years ago that speaking with my co-founders, we decided, hey, let's do something in healthcare that can be very patient-centric, that can help the patients. And what we decided was there's this whole area of science that continues to evolve And we don't hear enough about it. Certainly if we're not involved directly in the research, if we're not physicians in the field, we don't hear enough about regenerative medicine. And yet there's so much that's happening. There's so much potential and so many patients stand to benefit. Now this was years ago. So now here we are fast forwarding to hopefully beyond the worst of the pandemic. And it seems like there's more and more that We're starting to hear from people who aren't in the field. You know, it's something that, okay. at some point, hopefully it's going to get the right kind of attention, not just from scientists and physicians, but then also from others. And we're hoping that to become the case because there's there's just so many people with some terrible health problems and they can be overcome without spending or going bankrupt. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. So before we we, we touch into the benefits of alternative medicine, I want you to talk to us about your company.
1: Yeah, so what we decided, we decided to basically create a consultancy, what we call patient advisor. And part of that is we've basically put together a platform so that we can continue to be at the intersection of this field. So that means we can help the companies that have these biological treatments help to distribute those treatments to physicians and clinics. The other thing is that we help those physicians and clinics receive new patients. And what we're doing more and more this year is we're targeting employers because employers collectively have the most leverage in healthcare. And a lot of them, if they look more careful about how they might manage their health benefits, their health expenses, they can get positive outcomes for their employees and also save some money. So we really are focused at being at the consultancy where we're at that intersection between the patient's the physicians the companies that are providing these biologic treatments and also the employers that collectively are a very much a large client and payor in the system
0: so so not only you're you're focusing on on helping patients but also employers too the doctors
1: Perfect. yes that's right yeah
0: what are some of the clinics that you're partnering with
1: yeah. So, so basically, one of the things that we did is there's so many clinics in the U.S. that would say that they offer regenerative medicine. And one of the first things that we started to do and that we continue to do is to vet these clinics, because unfortunately, there are a lot of bad actors in the system. They say that they offer a particular type of regenerative medicine. And sometimes it's not exactly based on sound science. Sometimes, unfortunately, they're harming the patient. So one of the things that we continue to do is is vet these clinics and only work with those clinics that can show that they are, they have, for instance, an IND, they are doing things that are FDA compliant. Basically, they are treating the patients in a way that's based on the sound science and they're not harming patients. Every once in a while, we've seen that there's a clinic that they have to change or they have to shut down because, in fact, they've gotten attention from the FDA, unfortunately, because maybe they've harmed patients. You know, even one that I remember not too long ago, we went knocking on their door and we could see that the whole space was empty. And shortly after that, we saw that. Oh, okay, yes. The attorney general. Of that state was was basically bringing them to court. So it's unfortunate. There's there's too many clinics like that. So one of the things we do helping the patients and others is for them to see that okay, there's there's some of these clinics that are claiming that they offer this kind of medicine. The patients really have to be careful. So ideally, they speak with their physician and they also get a second opinion because it's um, yeah, unfortunately, it's still the wild wild west is what some of the practitioners might say.
0: Yeah, why (laughs) don't talk to us about some examples of the alternative medicine that you guys push. Talk to us about some some cases.
1: Yeah, so some of the most, most common examples that have been around for a while now, one of them is called PRP, which is short for platelet-rich plasma. So this is something where the physician or the practitioners, they basically get the, the blood from the patient and they prepare that in a centrifuge and then they're able to use that platelet rich plasma to give back to the patient. So that's a way, that's a type of treatment that a practitioner can do with his or her patient, which is actually minimally invasive. So it's, it's FDA compliant. And there's a lot more that I can get into about that, but that's one of the most basic forms. Now there's also companies more and more. They have products that we might say are allergenic. So they're not directly from that patient, but from a healthy donor. And that's, again, a whole nother process. And certainly those companies, they are progressing through clinical trials. What we've seen so far for those kind of products, there's only a few so far that have received FDA approval for certain types of blood cancers, but there's a lot more that continue to progress in clinical trials for other medical conditions. So right now, what's available for most people is is limited. And yet in the future, we should see more products that have approval from the FDA for specific types of conditions.
0: So if someone is listening and they want to take a deeper dive in these alternative medicines, where where can they go to see clinical trials?
1: Yeah. So the most common example that really all all the the experts use, various scientists, doctors, and definitely all the ones doing the clinical trials to bring to market, it's clinicaltrials.gov. So that's really the main resource. There's other resources as well, but that's one where you'll see just, you know, hundreds and hundreds of trials. And there's other resources that, that scientists and physicians use as well, whether it's the NIH or other types of resources. But that's really the one that's most, most commonly used. It's one that I remember using years ago when I was working for that company directly in the clinical trials.
0: This episode is brought to you by the new book, Visibility, digital marketing Secrets. You can get it on Amazon or AndreEWright.com. And Anthony, I know people may be listening, and we know how expensive healthcare is. So, what are some of the programs that you have to minimize costs if someone you know wants to you know engage in this type of medicine?
1: Yeah. So this is this is what's really exciting, and I think what hopefully we're going to see is going to happen is that more people are going to ask the questions about this area of medicine and get a second opinion and see, okay, maybe this is something I can I can try before surgery. So the, the common example that we talk about quite a lot with people is that there are one of the most common uh, situations that someone might have medically is something that's musculoskeletal or orthopedic. And a lot of times they might get to a point where, whether it's wear and tear or a combination of factors, they're given a diagnosis and they told they might need a type of knee replacement, for example, or knee surgery. Well, to some respects, that, that could be true. But one of the things that might not happen often enough is that the patient might consider regenerative medicine as something that's worth trying before surgery. We've spoken to physicians that have been in this for a while. The example I, I uh, often mention is one where he had a problem with his shoulder. And, you know, this is his field, right? I mean, he's treated lots of patients and, and he knew about the risk and complications of surgery and those are always there. And he, he decided, okay, instead of having surgery, I'm going to try some of the regenerative medicine that I've given to patients that I believe in. So he asked one of his colleagues, you know, another practitioner to give him this biologic. And two years later, he was still feeling much better from that treatment. He avoided surgery. And he was able to do things that previously he couldn't do because that shoulder was hurting him so much. He couldn't, you know, throw a ball with his, his grandchildren, things like that. So one of the most exciting and the largest potential for a lot of people is they might be told, they might be recommended, you know, surgery. And to some degree that could be true, but a lot of those people, they could first try regenerative medicine and they might find, we can't say it's a certainty, but we might find a lot of them able to avoid surgery in some cases, reduce or eliminate their medications. So there's a lot of people that can send a benefit by opting first for something that costs a fraction of the price, because that's what these biologics are, even after paying the physicians or the clinic who's delivering this. It's a fraction of the price of what a surgery might cost. And as surgeries have their own risk and complications, you know, if they can keep that really as the last resort, and if they can delay it as much as they can without uh, causing harm to their life, then... Yeah, there's more people that really should consider that. Now, myself, I I must say I'm not a physician. Part of the reason I'm talking to you is because all the physicians are so busy. You know, they 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 would like to have more time with their patients. So part of the reason I'm talking to you is because I'm, I'm more available in some respects. A lot of physicians, they really they don't have as much time. And there's so many factors, of course, you know what's going on. I mean, it's really difficult. There's a lot of practitioners are under pressure but getting to the point that yeah there's so many people that could benefit from regenerative medicine as an alternative and sometimes as a treatment they could try before i mean we've even seen examples where for some patients it's not the surgery that they should have maybe they can try physical therapy first and some patients with the right kind of physical therapy for their particular condition they're they're able to improve their health improves and and they can avoid surgery so it's not just I'm not just here to talk about regenerative medicine, but there are other ways. So hopefully patients become more, more aware of of alternatives that maybe can improve their health, but for a lot less money.
0: So do you find that physicians are quick to refer out to you or, or to alternative medicine?
1: Yeah, I, that's hard to say. I mean, I, I don't know. I think what happens is that every, every organization, every type of hospital system, every type of healthcare system, they have their certain organization. So depending upon what the condition is of the patient and so many other factors, I would imagine that, you know, they do what they, they need to do for the patient. Now, what we find in terms of what kind of people are getting regenerative medicine, sometimes it's people that, okay, they get a second opinion or they're told by somebody they know that they got this kind of treatment. So in some respects, for a lot of people, when they're seeking this, it could be that it's something that they, hadn't considered or wasn't recommended to them, but maybe they found out from someone else. So it's it's difficult to say how every organization does that.
0: Right. Talk to us about the, the liability of something like this, though, from the patient perspective. Is it case where you know, it's all on my own to try this or there is, you know, a guarantee to say, I know it's pretty new, but talk to us about the liability around alternative medicine.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, that's one of the things that the, the patient, just like anybody, really, they should they should have a certain amount of of scrutiny because what we've seen is that there are unfortunately some clinics, some people that they they really have a serious problem. You know, they're desperate and they want some relief. They want to, their health to improve. And unfortunately, they might come across one of these bad actors that tells them everything they want to hear, takes their money and harms them. And that's really unfortunate. So one of the things that we hope more patients do is they have that they have that due diligence. They put in place that due diligence. They really get to find out that, okay, this physician or this clinic, they really do offer this kind of medicine. They really are licensed. They have that kind of experience. Hopefully there's a possibility of getting to speak with with patients that have been to that particular facility. So just as they would, uh, you know, their normal, their, the their usual physician, their primary care physician, ideally, yes, the patients should feel completely at ease that the person that's there is really going to do what's for their best health and and not, not do something otherwise. So there, there is, there's that need for due diligence and we do the best that we can. I mean, certainly the FDA is doing as much as it can, I think, to, to scrutinize and to make sure that these kind of facilities that are are not helping patients uh, are, are closing down, but there's a lot that each of us can do to improve the system of healthcare.
0: Of course, you mentioned the system of healthcare. I mean, we all know that healthcare is, is costly. It's very expensive. I want to get to your perspective because I've asked other, you know, healthcare practitioners, people are in the industry about, you know, why this rising costs. Talk to us about that. What's your perspective on that? Uh,
1: well, I, I don't think we have enough time for me to give you my <laughs> opinion on that, Andre. That could take a whole week. I think what hopefully is going to happen is there's a lot of things that are happening. I mean, one of the things that we notice is that hopefully more and more individuals as patients, but also employers, we're hopefully going to see more and more emphasis on primary care physicians and the direct primary care that can be given to patients. Um, I mean, I've had some experience in in different systems where, you know, if the right amount, the right type and the right amount of preventative measures are in place instead of something reactive, a lot of these these individuals, they could avoid some of these type of um, enormous costs, which often are because, okay, they don't get the right care early enough. You know, certainly an easy example that, that you've probably seen is that if somebody detects a cancer early on, right, stage one, there's a better probability of a good health outcome for that patient if it's detected early. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's just as a parallel into terms of what can happen for a patient if their cancer is detected early on versus late. And in some respects, that's kind of in parallel to primary care. Let's put it this way a good relationship between a primary care physician. And the patient means that that patient can avoid getting sicker. They can get better. There's preventative measures that can happen. And hopefully that avoids a lot of the costs. I mean, I can think of a number of examples of people that they do the best they can to stay healthy. And then with a bit of guidance from their physician, they're able to avoid certain things. One, one of the examples that I remember talking to a physician about, So many people that are pre-diabetic, for example, and the amount, I mean, I think you might have seen it as well. I think there's even a TV commercial now that mentions this about people, what they can do if they're pre-diabetic and if they should see if they can do a test to know if they're pre-diabetic. It's an enormous amount of people that are pre-diabetic and the majority don't know. And one of the things that a physician suggested is well, even if a person just loses a little bit of weight when they're pre diabetic, that can help reverse that kind of condition. So there's so much that the patients could do and that could benefit their health with more time with their physician. So hopefully the primary care and the direct primary care that's happening can happen more and more for more people here. And that would help a lot with the cost. And that's just one, you know, that's just one whole aspect of, of what we're starting to see that's improving health for a lot of people here, but it's just one of a number of different mechanisms.
0: But there's a thought that people in the industry, they don't emphasize preventative care because at the end of the day, there are certain companies that, you know, they're going to make money from you being sick. (laughs) So that's another side to it. What are your thoughts on that?
1: The, The best way I can answer that is that there are some misaligned incentives. And yeah, it's unfortunate for some people.
0: So it's all in the preventative care and being proactive, you know, in terms of your health. And and as you mentioned, that will impact costs overall. You
1: know? Yeah, in in fact, related to nutrition, I remember an anecdote I can tell you about a, a someone who was who was living here for a short time, coming from outside of the country. And at one point, this person, she and her her husband were here with their family because I think he was sent to do research. And one of the observations she made is, she said, "You know, I understand why so many people they eat fast food and other kinds of foods because she just noticed how expensive it was, and this was pre pandemic. She just noticed how expensive it was to buy." fresh fruits and vegetables which is one of the best things one can do for their health right in terms of nutrition mm-hmm. and so she noticed that wow it's so expensive to eat in a healthy way and and she could understand why people would go to fast food and yet even though the price of fresh fruits and vegetables might seem high, the cost is much higher later, right? If we're not able to eat well and and do those and follow those help habits that can keep us well for a long time, so unfortunately, there's the hidden cost. Let's put it that way. If people are relying on a fast food diet,
0: no, you're right. You know, a doctor told me once, you pay now or you pay later. Get one of these diseases. But Anthony, mm-hmm. I mean, the healthcare industry is all over the place in terms of you know, from the insurance company. And it, it's just from you here, healthcare is just costs. That's what, you know, comes to mind. But as you mentioned, there are different ways that we can bring that down too. Talk to us about some of the misconceptions of regenerative medicine. Yeah,
1: I, I think there's quite a number. I mean, so if we go back many years, at one point, and this is certainly, <laughs> this certainly might come up at some point in the in the news because it relates to a big topic now. At one point, there was a misconception about about stem cell therapy, which is what it was called more often in the past. There was a misconception about what was the source of those kind of cells and and how that was being used. And what's f- happened, fortunately, is that we've seen that not not only has the science Evolved in such a way that there's less controversy. What we found is the way that stem cell therapy is sourced. Not only is it is it more ethical, but it's also better for the patient. There's really the two types that we can talk about. It there's the autologous, so that's from the patient's own stem cells, because we all have stem cells. We all have lots of stem cells, and that changes over our lifetime. It's like a deposit. We start out with a lot, and we use it as as we need to get healthy, as we need to heal, and there's also the allergenic. So this is when it comes from a healthy donor. So the way way things have evolved is that there's more ways for patients to get regenerative medicine where there isn't that controversy of it maybe impacting negatively another, another human being. In fact, some of the companies that hopefully are going to have products that are approved in the coming years, they're these allergenic products from healthy donors. They of course have their own IP and technology that They used to prepare this. They, of course, go through clinical trials. But what it means is a lot of these treatments, not only are they going to be safe and effective, they're going to be affordable and they're very scalable, some of these companies. So we might find that, okay, it can take years, but we're hopeful that what's going to happen is a lot of these biologic treatments, they're going to have all the advantages without the disadvantages of some medicines, and it can be available for lots of people. Now, that seems a bit that almost sounds like a fantasy, but what we've seen in general is there's more and more medicine that's going to be based on biology and less on chemistry. And that's that's a good thing, because if we were to take a pill for something, eventually it can have a negative effect on different organs. Whereas with biology, with these kind of treatments, it often goes to the source and heals as opposed to causing side effects. That's another thing that's really big. So much of what we've seen is, One of the worst things that can happen, well, probably the the worst thing that can happen for a lot of these patients if they get a biologic treatment of this type, is that there's no effect. There's no impact. But more often than not, there's a positive result without any side effects. And that kind of sounds too good to be true. So don't take my word for it. There's a lot of clinical trials that can back it up for specific conditions with specific products. For me to show that to you now would take, you know, weeks, weeks of time (laughs) because there's so much out there, but it's also what makes it extremely exciting because there's all these people, you know, every year, one of the things that kind of relates to what we were saying earlier is one of the biggest things that we just saw recently with some research is about 50% of the care that people get in the U.S. doesn't help the patient so there's a lot of inappropriate care. Now wow. there's a bunch wow. of research that backs that up. That's not my opinion. That's someone else's. And, and that's a whole nother podcast. There's a lot of inappropriate care that happens. And that's yeah, that's a hard one to overcome, but there's more and more research to show that it's very much the case. And and you've probably seen examples where you know a patient, they're they're asked to do lots and lots of tests, and, and maybe there's other ways that they can get healthy sooner without doing so many tasks or so many different procedures. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes you can get to the, the destination in a better way. Of, course but, of that, course, but there's a lot of variables there, right? It's it's the relationship between the physician and patient. It's also the kind of health insurance that they have. It's just it's many things. It's it's a really complex system. We found that it's difficult for anyone to say that they're a health an expert in healthcare. It's more that they can be a specialist in a particular niche, but it's a really complex system.
0: It is complex. And I can't believe we almost all the time, I mean, we could go on and on. There's so many different aspects of, of health care that we can tackle. But again, it, it was great having you here. And wait till our audience, if someone is listening and they want to, you know, reach out to your company and learn more about you, where, where should they go?
1: Yeah. So our website, here's the link. It's www.medadvisor.co. So that's M-E-D-A-D-V-I-D. S-O-R And there's a lot of information we have on there. We have information on clinical trials. We have a, a number of the vetted clinics that we've put there that are based in the U.S. There's a lot of information that's there that can help patients so they can get more informed. There's also other information as they can see about what is it that they should consider, what kind of questions should they be asking so that they can, yeah, they can consider this and speak to their physician about it and and be able to ask better questions. There's a lot of things that can happen where hopefully the patients can become more empowered in terms of their health and and we're seeing that happening more and more as well. So that's that's one resources clinicaltrial.gov of course is the main resource for people to really see if okay there's a clinical trial for this condition maybe I can become a candidate, right? Because sometimes some people are in a situation that's so difficult that their best alternative is to Become part of a clinical trial. We can't help directly with that, but we can at least inform people what kind of information that they should seek.
0: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony, again, sir, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been great. You gave us some great information, and I know people are listening. They will definitely go to your your site and learn more about you because what you guys are doing it's it's really you know clinical research is 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 everything. That's that's the next level in trying to you know solve. Health problems. That's what it's all about, you know. So, thank you so much for what you're do, you yourself, you're doing and your company. And it was great having you. And and until we talk again,
1: thanks so much, Andre. Have a good one. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you found this information useful. So, please go to our website at yourcompanyhealth.com for more. And also like us and share this episode on social media. We'd love for you to leave us a review and wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, see you.